I think tests are a really important tool in our toolbox to keep ourselves and our families and our communities safe from COVID-19. That's Dr. Emily Volk, president of the College of American Pathologists and chief medical officer at Baptist Health Floyd in Kentucky. She explains the ins and outs of COVID-19 testing and frequent questions patients may have. It can be helpful to try to sort out the difference between do I have seasonal allergies uh, or do I have a common cold or do I have COVID-19? So that at-home test can be helpful in that situation. Dr. Volk is interviewed by AMA senior news writer, Sarah Berg. Here's Sarah. Thank you, Todd. Hello, I'm Sarah Berg, AMA senior news writer, and you're listening to Moving Medicine. Throughout the pandemic, knowing the ins and outs of testing has been difficult. Patients wonder when to test, when not to, the importance of testing, and have questions about whether they are experiencing a cold, allergies, or COVID. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Emily Volk, president of the College of American Pathologists. Dr. Volk is also chief medical officer at Baptist Health Floyd in Metropolitan Louisville and an associate professor of pathology at the University of Louisville School of Medicine. She's going to share her thoughts on these questions and on what doctors wish patients knew about COVID-19 testing. Welcome, Dr. Volk. Thank you. It's great to be here. Prior to her current position, Dr. Volk was Senior Vice President of Clinical Services at the University Health System, San Antonio, Texas, and Clinical Assistant Professor of Pathology at the University of Texas Health Long School of Medicine. Dr. Volk, could you give us a quick background on yourself and your work? I'd be happy to. Um, I've been a pathologist for over 25 years. I have boards in anatomic and clinical pathology as well as cytopathology. I chose pathology because we get to look behind the scenes, under the curtain, and stare disease directly in the face every day. We provide the answers that provide the guidance that leads to patients getting the right treatment for their diagnosis. Everything starts with the diagnosis. I encourage all medical students to consider this terrific specialty. Great. So let's get into our conversation. When should you use an at-home test versus a PCR test, especially with masks going away, more people returning to work in offices, allergy season, and just the common cold? It seems there are a lot of reasons why people would have COVID-19 symptoms. Well, that's a great question. Uh, and I, I get that question a lot. You know, when is the at-home test a better choice than a, a hospital laboratory or reference laboratory PCR test? Uh, some things to know about these two different kinds of tests. Um, the at-home test is an antigen-based test. And it is not as sensitive or specific, uh, meaning it doesn't uh, work quite as well uh, as the PCR test uh, done in a laboratory. However, its convenience factor makes up for a lot of its deficiencies. So what do I mean by that? The fact that you can uh, actually test yourself and get a re reasonably accurate result within about 20 minutes can be very, very powerful. Um, it's very important though, if you use those tests at home, that you treat them with the respect that they deserve. Uh, one of the things I like to tell people is, you know, I'm not, an, I'm not a direction reader. I tend to want to open things up and, 
you know, just get right to it, start swabbing and dropping and so forth, and not take the time that I need to, to really do one of these uh, clinical laboratory tests at my kitchen counter. So what I love to tell people is when you're doing a COVID-19 test at home, be sure and uh, make sure you are actually reading the instructions, paying full attention, taking away any distractions, um, the doorbell ringing, your phone beeping, and so on, and give this your full attention. You are doing a laboratory test. Um, it, it is important to use these tests uh, in a way that will be impactful. Um, testing yourself uh, after you've been uh, in a high-risk situation uh, can be uh, useful. Uh, although the tests are more accurate for patients who are symptomatic. Um, it can be helpful to try to sort out um, the difference between do I have seasonal allergies uh, or do I have uh, a common cold or do I have COVID-19? So that at-home test can be helpful in that situation. Here's the thing. If you have reason to believe uh, that you have been exposed to COVID-19, and you're symptomatic, uh, and you're running the risk of maybe being around people who might be vulnerable uh, to uh, severe COVID-19, I strongly recommend uh, following up a negative at-home test with a laboratory PCR test, either at your local hospital or clinic. In general, when should you be testing? Well, there's a lot of different situations where people are testing these days. Uh, certainly, if you're symptomatic uh, and you think you've had a possible exposure, you should be testing. Uh, we are seeing uh, businesses and events uh, testing folks with the rapid test, uh, in addition to asking for proof of vaccination and booster uh, to keep uh, group situations um, even more safe than they uh, would otherwise be. So. Um, I think, you know, testing can be used uh, to mitigate the risk of being in a crowded indoor gathering as long as everyone is willing to submit to testing and follow uh, the uh, results of the test, not ignore them. Um, and uh, it can be very useful if you are symptomatic. Okay, that's all good to know. What is the impact of vaccination and boosters on deciding when to test? Well, I think that having a vaccine uh, and a booster on board certainly lowers your risk of developing severe COVID-19. It lowers your risk of death from, from COVID-19 for sure. But we do know now that getting vaccinated doesn't eliminate the possibility of actually contracting COVID-19. Um, so really having a, an exposure to COVID-19 and then developing symptoms, even if you're vaccinated and boosted, doesn't give you a pass from getting tested. You still should be tested. Um, why? Well, first of all, not everybody can be vaccinated. So there's still a vulnerable population out there uh, to protect. And so if we know we're positive for COVID-19, even if we're vaccinated, we need to uh, make sure and do our best to protect the vulnerable uh, by staying away from them while we're positive with COVID-19 and while we recover. Um, you know, otherwise, uh, you know, I think it's important to be vaccinated, uh, but it is not a 
panacea. It doesn't cure at all uh, for COVID-19, but it does prevent people from dying from the disease. And what impact do the variants and subvariants have on testing? From a practical perspective, uh, the subvariants and variants uh, have not really affected patient testing. Um, the uh, laboratories are doing a really good job making sure that any the variants as they are developed uh, are still detectable uh, with our current testing me- uh, methodologies. Uh, there has not been too much of, uh, of an issue with uh, a change in sensitivity or specificity uh, around uh, the changing variants at this point. The variant testing is really important from a public health perspective. Um, And this is largely done behind the scenes. Uh, And so when you get a test result from your uh, hospital or physician's office uh, where uh, you have gotten a PCR test, your test result is not going to tell you if you had a variant or not. That is information, again, that the public health teams are using to track the virus's evolution. Okay, that's really good to know. Um, How important are tests now that everyone is trying to obtain this new normal? Again, I think tests are a really important uh, tool in our toolbox to keep ourselves and our families and our communities safe from COVID-19. Again, if, you know, it's... It's spring here in Louisville, Kentucky, and we've got all kinds of lovely allergens floating around in the air that make my nose run constantly and occasionally will make me feel tired. And these are symptoms that you can see if you have COVID-19. So it's really helpful for me uh, if I'm going to go into a, a situation where people are not vaccinated to test myself to make sure that I'm not missing a, uh, a very low level or a, a very mild form of COVID-19 that I might be carrying, even though I'm fully vaccinated and boosted. Um, again, uh, for those who are not vaccinated or who may be vaccinated and immunosuppressed or who have other risk factors for whom you know, antivirals uh, may be an appropriate intervention, Uh, Knowing for sure what's causing uh, symptoms that mimic a cold uh, or flu, knowing whether or not that's COVID-19 can make a difference in the kind of therapy that they seek, not to mention uh, the directions they're going to want to follow about staying away from others. What kind of communication should patients be having with their physician or public health authorities regarding their results? You know, I think it's a great idea if you come up positive for COVID-19 to let your doctor know. I I think it's a good idea not only from a personal health perspective, so your doctor knows what's going on with you, so they can take better care of you should you develop uh, worsening symptoms, Um, but it's also important from a public health perspective. So the public health authorities can keep track of, of how widespread the virus continues to be. When they do take at-home tests, what uh, follow-up should happen from there? What's the timeline? Should it be in an immediate notification? Well, if a patient takes an at-home test uh, and it comes up positive, you know, I think calling your doctor's office within that same day or maybe early the next day, 
depending on how late it is, uh, is a good idea. Again, if you're you know, having symptoms that are more severe uh, that you can't manage by yourself at home, you know, I would recommend heading to an urgent care center or an emergency room. Okay. What about negative test results? What should patients do with those? And are they trustworthy or just a false sense of hope? Uh, negative test results are important pieces of information, just like positive test results are. Um, again, if the test is done properly, then what I mean by that is if a home test is done by following those directions to the letter, though the test results are pretty reliable. But just like any other piece of medical information, you've got to take it into the whole context of, of what's been going on with that, with that person. So, for instance... If I, again, have symptoms and I have been at a nightclub, uh, you know, a couple of days before or the night before, uh, and I'm suddenly not feeling great uh, and I get a negative at-home test, um, I'm probably going to want to, I'm going to want to go get a laboratory PCR test to follow that negative test up because my risk of exposure to COVID-19 is high. Now, if I have been by myself, uh, I haven't had any visitors for several weeks and I suddenly start feeling uh, crummy, um, maybe I've been to the grocery store a time or two, but it hasn't been very populated when I've been there and I've been wearing a mask and I take, an, I take the test and it comes up negative, I probably am going to feel a little better that I don't have COVID-19 uh, because I haven't had a high risk of exposure. So really everyone who's using that at-home test or uh, really needs to take into account their personal circumstances uh, about their relative risk. You took care of the nation. It's time for the nation to take care of you. The AMA stood by America's physicians and patients during the pandemic, and we're not stopping there. We're fixing prior authorization, leading the charge on Medicare payment reform, supporting telehealth, fighting scope creep, and reducing physician burnout. It's time to rebuild, and the AMA is ready. To learn more about the AMA Recovery Plan for America's Physicians, go to ama-assn.org slash time to rebuild. Are there times when you shouldn't test? I think it's important to not test to get the result you're looking for. So what do I mean by that? I mean, if you come up positive uh, with a rapid at-home test and you really want to go to that uh, wedding uh, with uh, your family that next, you know, in the coming uh, weekend, getting, you know, testing yourself, uh, and, you know, until you get a negative, uh, probably doesn't make sense. Uh, you probably need to follow the follow the information that you got from that first test uh, and stay home from that wedding. I think the intention ar around the use of testing is actually fairly important. Uh, if you're testing after you have been diagnosed with COVID-19, you're going to want to wait about five days before you retest uh, to see if you're negative and ready to be around other people. 
Regarding BA2 or other variants, can some people show up negative on day one or two of symptoms and then test positive later? Well, frankly, with any variant, uh, someone could show up with uh, a negative test for the first two days of symptoms, uh, potentially, and then turn positive maybe on the third or fourth day. That's always a possibility, depending on how much virus particle, how much of the virus particles they are shedding in their upper respiratory tract. What I mean by that is their nose uh, or their mouth uh, if they're doing a saliva test. Um, so a false negative test is always a possibility. Um, again, whether or not to retest someone depends on which test you used initially. Was it a rapid test at home or was it a PCR test? And again, what was the uh, situation uh, that preceded the testing event. So had they had a high-risk exposure um, or uh, had they been staying by themselves? So I think, you know, all of that information is really important. Okay. Advice before seemed to be wait five to seven days of symptoms before testing. Is that still important to follow? Why does that make for more accuracy? The uh, advice has been to wait five to seven days uh, of symptoms before testing in some cases. I'm not sure that's necessarily uh, the thing to follow always. I think uh, we're seeing folks who are coming up positive uh, within a day or two of having symptoms. Um, that being said, if you come up negative and you continue to have symptoms and you believe that uh, you have a uh, reason to uh, have been exposed and you test negative at day one or day two of your illness, testing again uh, may make sense if you think you really may have the disease and just had a false negative test. But again, remember, a false negative test is far less common than a true negative test, and a false positive test is far less common than a true positive test. What else is important for patients to know about COVID-19 testing? Boy, it's still really important to get vaccinated. I know that there are still people out there who, for any number of reasons, may not have gotten vaccinated yet. And I would really just like to encourage um, folks who haven't yet been vaccinated to reconsider uh, with uh, all of the information that we now have about the safety and efficacy of the vaccine, uh, my, my sincere hope is that those who have not done it yet uh, will reconsider and get that vaccine. The other thing is, I think it's really important to know to get those boosters when your time, when it's time to get those boosters. I think it's good to, to look at is what members of your family haven't yet been vaccinated, maybe because that vaccine wasn't yet available to them. So for instance, um, our children. So keep an eye out for uh, developments uh, with the vaccines uh, that allow younger and younger children to be vaccinated. Um, I have uh, four kids of my own, and I can assure you uh, if they were school-age children, I would absolutely have gotten them vaccinated. Now they are all adults and they have all been vaccinated and boosted accordingly. The other thing I think that is really important is, you know, the hospitalizations for COVID have uh, decreased recently and we're relieved about that. Um, 
And the, the reason the hospitalizations have decreased is more and more people have been vaccinated. What I'm seeing as a pathologist and a chief medical officer uh, is our hospital, uh, hospitalized COVID-19 patients are almost always those who have been unvaccinated, those who've chosen not to be vaccinated. And quite frankly, it's tragic uh, to watch folks become so ill that a machine needs to breathe for them. And in some cases they die from this illness um, and it really was preventable. Thank you, Dr. Volk, for taking time out of your busy schedule to speak with us today. I know our listeners appreciate this information and along with the work you're doing. I would like to leave your, your listeners with one final thought. Pathologists are the best kept secret in medicine. Um, we're the most important doctor uh, the patients didn't know they had. And what I would tell you is that uh, pathologists are the patient's physician, just like an internal medicine doctor is a patient's physician. So if a patient has a question about a laboratory test or a biopsy diagnosis or cancer diagnosis that they may have gotten, just like they might seek a second opinion on uh, a surgical uh, recommendation uh, or a radiation treatment, they might want to seek a second opinion about any important diagnosis that a pathologist has made, just because uh, these are these uh, results impact uh, the therapy that will come subsequently. Uh, again, I just want folks to remember that the pathologist is also part of the patient's physician team. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you again for joining us. I'm Sarah Berg, and until next time, please be well. You can subscribe to Moving Medicine and other great AMA podcasts anywhere you listen to yours or visit ama-assn.org slash podcasts. I'm Todd Unger, and this is Moving Medicine. Thanks for listening.